following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Tonight, I want you to open your ears because I am going to f*** them with the truth. Commence primary ignition. One day, somebody's going to have to make a stand. One day, somebody's going to have to say... That so cracks me up every time. <laughs> that was John Stewart in his Glenn Beck farewell, making fun of him performance thing. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. I had to change it though because he says uh, tonight, America, I will fuck your ears with the truth, and we we're not just in America. So yeah, we be. global worldwide. <laughs> oh boy. What was that? I don't. I don't know. I just, <laughs> my voice is hurting, so you're not going to get much <laughs> emphasis out of me. Stupid allergies and whatnot. Yeah, it hit you like all of a sudden, huh? Yeah. Just what yesterday? Yeah, like the last couple of days. Because it was sixty. Yeah. Last couple of days, actually, it was almost eighty yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, I was like mid seventies, I think, yesterday for a little while. That's in April. That's pretty close to almost eighty. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we can do that. It's fifty right now. It's gonna be forty-five and rainy tomorrow. Yes, because we live in New England and it sucks. Yes, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, it'll be fifty-four. No, sorry, fifty-six and rainy. In San Jose, it will be sixty-one and rainy. Certain sense of pattern. Yeah. Guess what? London, fifty-four. <gasps> foggy. Rainy. It's always <laughs> rainy and foggy. And in Sydney, uh, currently, it is 72 and sunny. Fuck that. Well, it's their summer into winter transition. Yeah, but now, still, so. I'm jealous. And it looks like it'll be the same thing tomorrow. Friday, we have the Thunderdome. And Saturday, you just have to start killing little kids to get gas, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything always reverts back to Mad Max. When it I really does. Australia. It really does. So, what have you been up to? Um, my daughter had a play this weekend. Yeah. So, and um, she's she's not handling stress well. Oh my god! <laughs> Such a says the man bitch. <laughs> who can't handle stress well. I handle stress well. I just swear at everybody and everything, inanimate objects. Feel your wrath. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> But oh my god, she was an absolute witch. Yeah. And oh my god. Just like in the last several days leading up to it. <laughs> the last several so, days. Last several days. So um <laughs> yesterday. All right, so she had the play like Saturday and Sunday. She did a wonderful job. It was Alice in Wonderland. She was um the world's thinnest Tweedledum. Okay. Um but she did a great job and it was a lot of fun. 
I was really, really proud of her because she did stuff that made her nervous. So uh, I think anytime you face your fears, you yeah, know, you yeah. should be commended. So good for her. Nice. Um, it was a fun show. And uh, we went out to dinner afterwards. She brought one of her little friends. We had a really nice time. Does she have any normal sized friends? It sounds like the, your kids always have little friends. That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking like Peter Brady here. Uh, um, uh, your retort has been nullified. Seriously, by my own self. <laughs> I am my own worst enemy. Yeah, well, as we've always known. Yeah. So, um, but Got yeah. 138 but, episodes of proof of that. But she was like, she was like, yesterday she gets home from school and she is just mean to everybody. Huh. Mean to everybody. Like, get out of my way. You know, when was the, I, I when apparently, was the, play? the play was like Saturday and Sunday. Oh. So, so she was just. Being she, mean she, to everybody. She knows her role wasn't the Red Queen. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, um, I, I kept telling her. I said, if this keeps up, then hmm. forget about the cast party because you know yeah. it was like because the cast party was like last night. Oh, right? okay. So she had to you know come home from school, do her homework, and right. not be a raving bitch for the afternoon. Hmm. Well, best laid plans. So yeah. and you know one side of me was just like, dude. It's her cast party. You can't fuck her on that. Uh, on the other side. On the other side of that, I didn't fuck think it was, her. I, on the other side, it was just, you know what? There's no reason for her to pick up and move her brother out of her way. So that was the last draw. I'm like, no, you're done. Yeah. So that's it. We're not going. Mm. So she's like, what? I said, yeah, I'm pulling it. And I told Julie, she's like, because Julie was going from like place to place, client to client. So, mm. I said, yeah, that that's it. I'm I'm not I'm not giving in. I'm not I'm not doing it. So, so yeah. So I apparently am the worst dad in the world. I mean, so and then she decided to get back at me by not coming in the house. That sounds awesome. It, actually, no, but you know what it was. It? But you know what it was. Last night. At no, about, I mean for you. No, at about eight thirty nine o'clock last night, she's realizing all the shit she didn't do that <gasps> needed to be done today. Oh. So then, right, this little worksheet thing that she had to fill out for this project it's like one portion of this project yeah. right she gets mad and she rips it in half oh man she's like help me i said you know how to work a roll of tape tape it together <laughs> tape it together and photocopy it <laughs> i need another one i said well it's 8 30 at night so she says, can you please email like she she settled like and this was like after 20 minutes or so mm. so i emailed her teacher Okay. And I said, Olivia needs another one of these these worksheets. I'm just like, Olivia, what, what what do I tell her? Do I tell her you um, flipped out and ripped it to shreds? <laughs> no. I said, okay, I'll just tell her you lost it. Fine. So I send that, and there's no way. I mean, it's 8.30. The woman's not checking her email, her work email at 8.30 at night. And I knew she wouldn't be. And yeah, even if she had. Work email, no. But if she's yeah. checking that from home. Yeah. Right. I doubt that she has those files at all. You know what well, I mean? Like it's possible. It's possible, but, but highly unlikely, unlikely. Yeah. Right. So this morning she gets up and now she's mad at me for lying to her teacher about the form. Well, she made the mistake of saying it was lost because now that negates bringing in a ripped one. Well, no, she the ripped can't. one. The other oh, ripped one wasn't coming back. Oh, okay. No, that I mean you're talking like, like the penguin. Taping shit back together in Batman. That's that's oh. where that's where it ended up. Wow, not just a rip in half. Yeah. So oh no, she ripped it in half once. 
and then, then chewed on and it then after, after a couple of minutes of bitching and moaning she got back at me again by ripping it to shreds that's and i looked at it, i said olivia you know what all my fifth grade homework is done <laughs> yeah sorry that's like when you find out your girlfriend's cheating on you and you punch yourself in the nuts none, it makes no sense at all none at all so so this morning she just and it's all this generating all this drama it's just like dude yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so, God, I'm I, not looking forward to the teen years because they're starting. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. It's ridiculous. Good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Where are you moving to? Oh, wait. <laughs> you can't say. It's easier to ship her off. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, um. And meanwhile, of course, and I don't even know if Lily does it on purpose, but Lily, as as Olivia get digs herself deeper and deeper into a hole, yeah. like Lily will, she becomes like my best friend and will do anything anything I need. I can see that being partly conscious like behavior and, and yeah. partly. It's like, I'm going to keep my shit together, Dad. Exactly. Look, I'm the good one. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyway and cole's just you know cole's just whatever okay yeah i'll <laughs> he, stand over here he, now he did his homework <laughs> and everything you need to do yeah how, sh- how did she explain away not going to the cast party she must have had to tell her friends um i don't know there were only a couple of kids from her school who were in the play because um, it wasn't a school play it was like just a another like theater company oh okay so and i i don't know i don't know if anybody asked it well, I, I bet ask. you lost out on that conversation so yeah but i'm the bad guy anyway so that was fun oh of course you're the bad guy but what are you doing oh i was talking to the wrong part of the microphone oh okay now can you hear me yeah fucking retard <laughs> I don't even yeah know so that I was the weekend so that was fun nice so uh there was no new TV. One big... Oh, did you watch Big Bang from last week? I did, yeah. Okay. That was nice. It was okay. Yeah. It was... I would have liked to understand... I would have liked to see more of Bernadette's point of view from all of it. Yeah. Because you got everybody else talking about it, but you didn't get any type of... Even when she agrees... To marry him? Yeah. Okay? There was no, like, exchange of, or any kind of, like. But that was just a rumor, wasn't it? No. Well, I mean, where did, and then that's the other thing. Like, it came from Penny. Right. So, it had to have gone from Bernadette to Penny. But was, how, how drunk was Penny? How drunk was Bernadette? What was the conversation? Well, that, 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 again, There's a that's lot it. We don't so know. Yeah. there was all this stuff, and then she decides, okay, I'll marry him. But she didn't decide. She she knew if he asked, she was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, clearly. Was, so, but it's like, I think I think what that that episode showed was that you can't trust the gossip and rumors at all because she's still totally into him. Yeah, that's. I would have liked to see. Maybe it was too subtle for us for a sitcom to to do. I don't know. I don't know because you know what we really we don't know her well enough to catch any subtleties or to understand her character enough yeah. to know why she may have 
slipped and said something to Penny about not being happy with with Howard. Yeah, and then <clears throat> what? A week later, I blame it on Penny. I, I think Penny just misinterpreted stuff. Well, we don't know. Yeah, but I think that's best. Leave it up in the air. We saw what she said. Yeah, and we'll see what comes out of it. She might, <laughs> she might have said yes because he was in front of all of his friends, and they're going to talk about it in another episode. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting know. to see if they, if next season becomes the like planning of the wedding season, and then, oh, and how nerdy can they make it? Yeah, because that could be a really fun kind of storyline, like yeah. a through line yeah. for that season, for Definitely. the next season, and then. And then at the end of that season, like Leonard hooks up with Penny again. At the reception. Exactly. Okay. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just a matter of when. I can't stand that Priya girl. They make her just likable enough, but with enough things said about the characters you've gotten used to and like that are the reason you watch the show for you to go, ah, oh, you bitch. <laughs> And she like makes I, she fun just of Sheldon. She just doesn't fit. No, no. There was something. What were they talking about? And she, oh, I forget. It was in the 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 either the, this last episode or the one before. They were all really excited to maybe with a, just to go to the comic book store, and Leonard invited her, and she made this face like, "Are you fucking yeah, kidding me? I'm not a twelve year old boy." It's like, wow. Okay, you got to get out. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. Goodbye. But nothing else was new. Nothing. Mr. Sunshine was and Perfect Couples was. Oh, so nothing I've been keeping up with was new. How were they? Good. Yeah. Good. Perfect Couples is is coming along nicely. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know what I'm really, really excited to see? I'm really excited to see Olivia Munn's next show. Yeah, because this isn't getting renewed, is it? I don't know. Hmm. But it's one of those, eventually it'll happen. This show doesn't have much more than a couple seasons in it yeah so yeah it's unless somebody has a baby that's true and but the thing is though the show isn't around won't be around long enough for you to care if someone has a baby that's a good point yeah so um what's his face on modern family ty burrell is that how you say his name yeah he um he was on that show with uh kelsey Grammer and the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Stay tuned. Tune in. Yeah, something like that. They were in a the radio news station. Program, yeah. News program. Yeah. And um, he was good in that. Yeah, but, he was on another show too with Henry Winkler. Yeah, but then now he finally got something. Yeah, exactly. That that he deserves. Yeah. To, and I swear to God, the dude he played in Dawn of the Dead is his like douchebag twin brother. Gotta be. Yeah. I keep waiting for a, a Dawn of the Dead reference. There like was just um, the line, you know, I'm the captain, so I, the captain doesn't have to work. You know, that's <laughs> something. Just anything. Because I like it when they reference their outside projects. Yeah. So. And uh, Sophia Vergara, is that how you say Yeah, she's going to be in um, The Three Stooges. Yeah, well, we'll see. Right now, she's supposed to be in The Three Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But it, they're going really interesting casting with that. Sean Hayes is going to be in it. Now, who's that again? He's the really super gay Jack from Will and Grace. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Is, that, is anybody going to care? I am. When it was Sean, when it, it was Jim Carrey and Sean Penn, I was kind of interested. 
Jim Benicio does del Toro, I think. Jim Carrey does nothing. No, just to, to me. see like a really good actor with Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I said it too. Actually, Del Toro is pretty good. Yeah. I like I like most of the stuff he does. I don't know. Whatever. I did rewatch um, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. And because I was thinking about what you said about the Oscar and right. how it was not even nominated. For visual, it was visual effects, right? Yeah. Not so much visual effects. Mm. I would I would have liked to see that nominated for editing. Yeah. More than visual effects. I would have liked something in sound, too, because there's a lot of subtle video game cues in yeah, there that you don't there really are a lot of, Yeah, there are a lot of little sound things. So, yeah. But that movie... With at a second viewing is a is a lot of fun, yeah. a lot more fun. Yeah, I so, like that because Olivia asked me if she could watch it because one of her friends was talking about it. So yeah, it's not that. I don't no, think it there's anything really the in there. So what's with that? Oh, uh, the screen just goes out because it's just that. Yeah. So so the screen decides to save. Unlike um. Garage band where it's active yeah. in the in the computer or something. I don't know. That's fine. Whatever. We're using Audacity this week to record as if anybody gives a shit. <laughs> and uh what else did I watch? And Mr. Sunshine, I'm sorry, it's it's really funny. I don't know why you're sorry about that. You should you should check it out. I'll try to get around to it. Now that I'm not doing outside the cinema shows for a little while, I finally <sighs> have a chance to do other stuff. I picked up um Arkham Asylum, because I didn't yeah. own it. I just rented it before. And uh, this is the game of the year version. Oh, really? Which is nice, because I can play through again and get all the achievements over <laughs> again. But it came with like a whole bunch of downloaded content, um, new like challenge maps and stuff. But it has a 3D mode. Oh, really? It's um, blue and magenta lenses. Not red, so yeah. it's close. But... The game shifts itself just a little bit, and I don't know how they did it, but it works. Yeah, it works enough that I can do the the 3D for like 45 minutes, and then yeah. I'm like, okay. The thing about it though is it forces me to anybody that's played it will understand this. It forces me to come out of detective mode, which is how I played through the entire game. Like you can like <laughs> see people yeah, on no, other no, sides no, I, of walls yeah. and stuff. But it doesn't work because they stick out so much. Right. It's kind of difficult to judge where they are in the landscape. That's interesting. Well, but I haven't been playing it that long. so. But I'm like breezing through it this time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. I got to go over there and fight Bane. All right, I'll do that. Done. But it's still one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. So very, oh, very happy with that. Speaking of Asylum and Asylum Bound, Charlie Sheen is in town tonight. Oh, God. You know how much I, I went and looked? you know how much tickets are? Now? I heard you can now, get them from scalpers that left for like 15 bucks. Yeah, as I saw $16 yeah. online. Yeah, sold out my fucking ass. <laughs> oh, my God. He's been booed off every stage yeah, pretty oh, yeah. much so far. But, you know, he's making a shitload of money. I would, I would, I, I would like to go. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could contain my com, my my composure, maintain my composure. I just, I just want to start yelling at him, and he'd probably love it. He probably would. But again, how often do you get? To, I mean, but that's like fighting with the crackhead on the corner. But no, you you know you know it's like I would go with sort of like a NASCAR mentality. 
because you know that at yeah. one of these shows at some point he's gonna blow his head off yeah He'd be like, all right. Sorry, well, I was just really thinking about that for a minute there. Let's see if uh, let's see if I get booze for this. I'm gonna inject myself with this shit I found at the bottom of my shoe. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Here's a couple of rocks of crystal meth and Drano. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he'll be dead within a year because nobody gives a shit <laughs> enough to talk to him. His family's kind of like, all right, dude, whatever. Oh man, crazy! And fucking Charlie Sheen. I mean, uh, Martin Sheen can make it through filming Apocalypse Now. Charlie yeah. Sheen can't manage two and a half men. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Wow! If anybody was gonna die, it would have been Martin. But you know what, though? Like, like I said before, if like he wants to go through his life with just blowing all his money on, you know, hookers and coke, rock yeah. on, man. Just don't fuck up your job. Well, the too late. Oh yeah! All this other shit he's been talking about, like the HBO show and this radio oh, show and all insane. that. He's making it all oh, up, totally. Because they contacted HBO and they're like, "No, we're not touching yeah, him. No. He's toxic." They're like, "No, <laughs> no way." I think we'll do the biography on him later. Uh, no, he won't get a movie deal either. No one would insure him. No, no. And it's sad. I was watching a little bit of Major League the other day, where he plays kind of a. Uh, dried up husk of a junkie that yeah. got out of jail and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's how he looks now. <laughs> Except he is maybe a better haircut. I mean, the show was pretty funny. I mean, he was pretty funny on the show. I liked it. I mean, it was, I mean, it's a sitcom. And I just, I, I, one note, I never but, did watch it. But it's, I mean, it's just too bad. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. We should, we should, we should like pick for the next show. We should sp- pick a specific date that we'll think he'll be dead by. Ooh, we'll have the uh, Charlie the Sheen, Charlie Sheen Deadpool. Death Watch. Yep, yep. But you know what, though, everybody, everybody gets to pick two dates within four months, and then past six months. All right, because it's either going to be really soon, yeah. or it's going to be about a year from now. Or maybe like one of those things. He may be like one of those. You know how like like drunk drivers yeah. they'll cause a big massive fucking accident and kill everybody except themselves. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to get shot by a pimp. No. He's, I, wor- he's worth too much to a pimp alive. Well, I mean, really. Not if, he, not if he runs out of cash. He's got millions of dollars. Yeah, and hookers and blow cost a lot. Because you know he's not going with the you know, $2.50 ones. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll pay you $30,000 to stay the night. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'd fuck him for that. <laughs> Grease. No. That's going to get back to him now. That definitely will. That will. Want to say it again? No. All right. Um, Reverend Scott has already put it into something. <laughs> exactly. It's something defamatory. Uh, so, the only other thing I'm looking oh, I got the Incredibles on Blu ray today, but it's still sitting in the box. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's only new DVD I bought. You know what I did watch the other day up on the big screen at the theater? Yeah. Uh. Lion King, mm. which was fun on the big screen. I'm sure. I just, eh. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like you know, it's like a casual fan. It was yeah. fun to just sort of hang out and make fun of it. But oh yeah, um, I can see that. So, but uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. What else have I watched? There's been nothing on. I like, watched literally um, nothing. Yeah, there's been not a lot, which is fine because I've been 
trying to get a lot of stuff done. Mm. Um, so so sick of the way they run the fucking shows. The only thing I'm really looking forward to, and this is going to lead into the break with the song that I got here, is um, Portal 2 is supposed to be out on the 19th. Yeah. Portal was one of the most fun, challenging, and fucking frustrating games I've ever played. Yeah. Because it's pure puzzle solving with <laughs> that with that fourth degree or th- yeah. I, I can't even say third di- third dimension, but fourth dimension of you put the the orange portal here, the blue one here, and you walk through to over there. But you can use gravity to pull stuff through and move stuff around. But this time there's co-op. And Steven Merchant, I guess, is doing one of the voices oh, yeah. in, in the game. So that's so funny. I always funny. I always hear that name and that was the name of a guy my my sister dated like 20 it had to be it's over it's over 20 years ago wow and he was like he was such a dull son of a bitch he was he would like now here i am she was probably 19 or 20 and i'm like you know 17 or 18 or so okay and she'd like go and hang out with him but get pissed off because like they just sit around and watch the Celtics game, That's, and he and he'd be like he'd be like Frank, I don't get why she's mad. I'm like Steve, look, all right, she wants to just go and hang out and like go get an ice cream or something. Just walk down the street, and, yeah, you know, go for a walk and hang out and do something. Get a fucking sandwich. I said so. You know, <laughs> I said what you do is you watch some of the Celtics game. Halftime comes up, yeah. You go, hey, you know what? Let's go. Let's go grab an ice cream or something. Let's go for a little walk. By the time you get back, you You're, still got yeah. most of the third quarter and the, and 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 the fourth quarter left. That's true. And she's happy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then you know she's happy. The game's over. If they win, you fuck. If they don't, you don't. Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. So. And. Well, she didn't marry him, so wow. he didn't really have his shit together <laughs> much at all. I can tell. Uh, all right, shall we do break and then get into all the listener submitted stuff? Show sure. All right, here we go. Here's a little song. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done And you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive Every piece into 
Chrom, I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hold you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through metalmikey.lipson.com or at www.pennycult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. Alright, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. Alright, Reverend Scott, take us to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, <laughs> horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. Yeah. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one <laughs> That is one star too many. Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Oh, that was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. We were just starting to, I was just saying during the break that I really liked Michael Sarah and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, his his acting fits it. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you want a guy who's, like, the geek you root for and finally triumphs. Yeah. Like, he's that guy, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, that's just, I mean, like, you you, you want that character 
he's the guy you call. That's true. Jesse Eisenberg used to be an older version of that character. So, (laughs) but, um, yeah. Um, but no, Michael Sarah, I thought was great. Yeah. And, um, I really like the chick who played Kim, his ex-girlfriend, the drummer. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was good. Very angry. Yeah. No, I, I, it was fun to watch it again. So I have a, I have a clip here. All right. Um, I think you'll get a kick out of this. Um, the Onion News Network. Oh, I'll, awesome. I'll say that right up front. How to get a guy to notice you while you're having sex with him. <laughs> so this was really funny. Right now, ladies, have you ever had this problem? You're into a fella, but you feel like you just aren't catching his eye. Well, don't worry. Relationship guru Rebecca Rachel is here to tell us how to get the attention of a man while you're having sex with him. Good morning, Hi, Rebecca. Hi, guys. Well, we've all been there, right? You have a crush on a guy. He's thrusting his erection in you, but you're laying there wondering, <laughs> does he even know I exist? Definitely. <laughs> what do we do? Well, you have to make him notice you. Don't just bounce around on his penis hoping he's going to compliment your new earrings. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> so you want to try something subtle to get his attention, like accidentally brushing your hand against his while he is pounding you, or make up an excuse to ask him a question, something to just get him to break his normal routine so you can share a moment. Gives you an opening to flirt. Bingo. You have to stand out from the crowd. When he stops to adjust his condom, flash him a little, I think you're cute smile before he slides himself back into you. Something to just plant the thought of you in the back of his mind. So how do you keep him interested? One thing you can do is you can have an accessory wall full of hats or scarves or fun bracelets. That way, you can throw one on to create a funky, fresh new look that will make him sit up and say, who's this new girl sitting on my dick? Love it. All right, there are a few questions from our viewers. The first one's from Hillary in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, guys. I can't seem to get the guy I'm sleeping with to pay any attention to me. I mean, he never even makes eye contact. Oh, good question. Try throwing a ball or a small object at him. It's a great (laughs) excuse to start a conversation like, hey, where did that ball come from? Ooh, sassy. (laughs) All right, this next one's from Liesl in Palo Alto, California. Hey, guys, how do I know if the guy I'm having sex with is into me while he ejaculates? Well, Liesl, the old saying that the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach is true. So why not whip up some tasty treats while your guy is fucking you? You just want to be sure that you have a mixing bowl, a shallow pan, some key ingredients, and a small oven under your bed. And when he comes, you can have a fresh cookie ready for him. Oh, that would win me over. Right. But, you know, the most important tip is to just be yourself. Men love blowing their load into a confident woman. No question about that. That is a great message, Rebecca. Thanks so much for being with us again. You can see even more of Rebecca's tips in her upcoming book, I'm Right Under You, How to Hook That Cute Guy in Your Vagina, available next month. Stick around, because when we come back, we'll show you how to pre-vive cancer by removing your organs now. <laughs> pre-vive, not Later on survive. in the room, the government is designated next Friday as Take Your Child to Help You Look for Work Day. Stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love the Onion uh, News Network. Man, there was something. I need to I need to find it um, while, we, while we talk here. Um, so, yeah, fail on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a a thing um, about laughing when they used to do news of the future. Oh yeah, 
from 1969. This actually might be it right here. Uh, That's an ad. There was one thing on Onion News Network once that was... um, What the crap? What? It was um, where they were... It was this porn actress gets kicked out of industry for saying the N-word to someone she was fucking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was all about we have standards to maintain, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. It was really funny. She really was funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. An auditory delight. Can I tell everybody who that is? It's Goldie Hawn, everybody. practicing to of the art of news broadcasting, Mr. Dan Rowland. Well, that's easy for you to say. Where did you go from? You want to thank the judge? What did all of that she said before meant? What did it mean? What did it mean, ma'am? Here comes the band. The daughter's so high. So yeah. Thank you. Keep you going like that for hours, but now it's time to settle down to some of the more serious news. Here's the news of the future. Night. <laughs> this was well, done in 1969. Berlin, 20 years from now, 1989. There was dancing in the streets today as East Germany finally tore down the Berlin Wall. Joy was short-lived, however, as the wall was quickly replaced with a moat full of alligators. Wow. Item, Washington, D.C., 1988. President Ronald Reagan today denied once again that he is a candidate for the office of governor of California. That's fucked up, huh? That is really, that is that really. That was 20 years before it happened. Wow, that's funny. They had it, each one of them down to, yeah. the, to, to the year. To the year, that's fucked up. That's yeah. funny. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, (laughs) the Berlin Wall came down in... 1989. Yep. And uh, Reagan's last year in office was 88. (laughs) So, yeah. But he was governor of California before that, right? Yes. Is that how it went? Okay. I just thought that was really... That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. So this this was from Reverend Scott. Um, He sent it to us last week, but it got lost in, in the email with all the other junk shit that I get. Um, so we're going to start, you know, with the first listener submitted story with it, with his, all right. Star outraged at sex doll. Why would you get mad at a sex doll? Well, I mean, it just does whatever you want it to or nothing at all. No, they're, they're outraged because it's of them. Oh, well, that makes more sense. (laughs) Hannah Montana star, Miley Cyrus. Oh, shit. Has filed a lawsuit against a company that has produced a blow-up sex doll based on the Disney star's image. I have I have to say, though, that his email did say, does it come with two wigs? That's really That's funny. That's what Reverend Scott's question is. The, <laughs> Doesn't everyone? <laughs> the doll features a Western-themed outfit similar to those worn by Cyrus in the popular children's series. The 18-year-old singer and actress is reported to be, quote, disgusted by the doll. However, Pipe Dreams Products, that's, <laughs> that's Pipe Dreams Products for all the perverts in the audience. The makers of the sex doll claim that all stock sold Pipe out within... Pipe Dream Pro... <laughs> I'm not on my phone. 
All stocks sold out within 48 hours. Of course it did. The release of the doll. <laughs> Billy Ray <laughs> oh. applauds the quality. <laughs> it's very resilient. It's just like the real thing. Oh, that's disgusting. The release of the doll could not have come at a worse time for Miley, who has recently been plagued by negative criticism for her wild ways. Her father, singer, actor, and mullet-wearing redneck Billy Ray Cyrus has expressed concern over her well-being after she was photographed smoking marijuana. Just get her a sandwich and she'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. She has also been voted the worst celebrity influence in an American poll. Well, that was taken a little bit too soon, wasn't it? Well, that's not fair because Charlie Sheen got to vote like (laughs) 97,000 times. According to reports, Miley has instituted a lawsuit against Pipe Dream Products. That's Pipe Dream Products in an attempt to save her already tarnished image. But look at the picture they found to use on the box. Hold on, let me get closer to the screen. Like, look how short those shorts are. They're like little bikini bottoms, and she's sitting on a hay bale with a shirt tied at her midsection. That's not appropriate for a kid's show star. But that's not her. You know what I mean. It says Miley on it. Yeah, I know it says Miley on it, but that's (laughs) not a picture of her. No, I know. But and and I got to tell you, you know what? I'm on her side on this one. Yeah, yeah, it's her likeness. So yeah. she has a duty to protect yeah, I mean, it. I, I just think it's funny. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, that. I I feel that's just. I mean, that's yeah business, but it's not cool. They should get sued. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and at least give her you know some of the money. Yeah, <laughs> or some pot. <laughs> so, um, Salem. Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, home of the witch trials. Not really. That was like Danvers and Ipswich and stuff. But, right. you know, to this day and age, that's where it's centered, right? So Charlie Sheen, here we go again, called himself a warlock. <sighs> that pissed off the warlocks in Salem. Uh, because they just look for any reason to get in the news. Yes. So self-proclaimed. Now, please don't laugh until I get to the end of the sentence. Okay. You're not... You're, Self-proclaimed real-life warlock Christian Day <laughs> and his coven of both male and female witches in Salem has performed a <laughs> magical intervention. Yes. How unfortunate. <laughs> That's like a fat guy. Christ- That's like a fat guy being named Fatso. Exactly. <laughs> but it's Christian Day. It's like... <laughs> it's the name of it's a school. the whole day. Uh, performed a magical intervention for Charlie Sheen a few days ago, and it's awesome. Apparently, the, why does it look like Michael Jackson on the right? I don't know. There's there's video, so I think we'll have to play that. Our friends at My Fox Boston were invited to the ceremony and captured the witchy goodness on tape, complete with spooky ceremonial items and a summoning chant that rhymed. Of course, it did. <laughs> After the intervention, Day declared, "Charlie Sheen is no warlock. For a warlock is a wise person who understands the ways of the spirit world." So no truly wise person would betray their own soul the Actually, way he has he done. The real definition of warlock, something kind of negative. Deceiver. Yeah. Yes, that's the etymology of the word. Um, and if we go down to the comment section. Uh, well, play the video. Okay. Sorry, I was just reading the comments again. Uh, let's see what we got here. I don't know if this is going to be any good or too loud or anything. So I've never played something off TMZ before. Wow. We've really. 
hit rock bottom, haven't Charlie we? Charlie Sheen isn't winning over any warlocks with his recent words, and these Salem witches and warlocks are fed up with his act. What the fuck? He's shaking a rattleship like Anubis's head. The names of the craft no more. In foolishness and irreverence. For our ancient ways shall not be shamed. By your ill deeds, find healing and solace and return to what you do best. This was a joint effort to do a magical intervention for Charlie Sheen. <laughs> we heard Charlie using and misrepresenting the words of witchcraft, and it annoyed us. Charlie Sheen is not a warlock, for a warlock is a wise person who understands the ways of the spirit world. And so no truly wise person would betray their own soul. The no truly wise not. person would call themselves the a warlock. Ceremony gear what he wanted to say. And a couple spirits, the witches perform Sheen's magical cleanse. I call upon Uriel, Archangel of the North, that sees all magic and brings it forth. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple different things here. <laughs> okay. One of them is Oathbreaker. Yep. Uh fortune teller, conjurer, or magician. Um a being. Uh imagine to have special powers derived from the devil. Yeah. He's he in in if if he's associating with witches and he's associated with Wicca and that type of stuff, um, he cannot be a warlock because they don't. I mean, it, no. What he's pushing is the thing that keeps his women in their rooms. It's a warlock. Oh, that's what he's doing. Oh. I am a warlock. Yes, or he just owns a lot of them. Exactly. He's huh. confessing to multiple kidnappings of. Porn actresses. Okay. That makes more sense. Now, there was another story with this guy because they turned their attention to somebody else, and I don't remember what it was. And that's a shame. That's ridiculous. Well, I'm sure that Charlie Sheen's all better now that that fat dude, the Michael Jackson clone, and the chick who was mad that they were, she was mis- that, that Charlie was misrepresenting warlocks. <laughs> I don't know. That was from uh, March 7th. So crazy banana head bullshit. <laughs> banana head? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, okay. Let me let me just type his name into Google here and see what we get for the, for the next video. Sad thing is it's really an easy name to remember. Oh, Your Highness. That's what pissed him off. Your Highness. Oh. The movie, Your Highness. Oh, uh, we don't have a... We don't Which opened... Didn't it, did it open this week? It opened terribly. That's yeah. too bad. A self-described warlock and witchcraft shop owner is calling for a boycott of David Gordon Green's medieval stoner comedy, Your Highness. Hollywood continues to cast witches and warlocks as negative roles when we're the good guys and gals, Christian Day told TMZ. Day is offended by the film's warlock, played by Justin Thoreau. Oh, okay. Who wants to rape a virgin, Zoe Deschanel, and impregnate her with a dragon? I don't see the problem. Day, who runs a Salem based witchcraft shop called Hex, made news last month when he said that he planned to cast a spell on Charlie Sheen, which we just right. did. 
Apparently, he was offended by Sheen's references to warlocks in a radio interview. Perhaps he put a curse on your highness as well. The movie scored a dismal 26% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, blah, 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 blah. 10 million opening weekend. Uh, in addition to Thoreau and Deschanel, your highness stars James Franco. Yeah, we know. We've, we've gone over that magic motherfucker movie. Um, here's how it's going to happen. They're going to start filming Lords of Salem in Salem. Yeah. Which has witches coming back and killing people for whatever the hell yeah. they were wronged. And, and then this guy is just trying to... He's going to complain. And he's going to do some, you know... Bullshit. Stuff. And Rob Zombie's going to walk up and punch him in the cock. Right. And then bite his face off. Or... Or Rob mm. Zombie will just offer him a little bit part. I'd love to see him in the movie. Yeah, some somebody can punch him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? It's like, come on. You're doing more harm than good by trying to fight this. It's not racism. It's not homophobia in the movies. It's it's warlockophobia. Ex- it's it's witchism. Which is, I thought that was just indecision. I don't know. All <laughs> uh, right, next. Fuckers always got to complain about something. Uh, more from The Onion. And this one I thought was really, really funny because it kind of ties in with some of the stuff we've talked about before at the end. Ghost Hunters enjoys surprising 100% success rate. All right. Los Angeles. Despite the fact that in all of human history, not one person has ever proven defini- provided provided a definitive wow. Empirical evidence of the afterlife. The crew of the second tier cable network television show Ghost Hunters has shocked statisticians and theologians alike with an incredible and uncanny 100% success rate in documenting (laughs) proof of spiritual presences from beyond the grave. Well, we have really good equipment, said one cast member, a man in his 30s, who sees one or more ghosts each week without fail every single time he sets out to do so. Nice. What can I say? We're just really good researchers, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> At press time, despite having repeatedly resolved the most central question of human existence, the program is somehow not on the cover of every major newspaper, magazine, and scientific <laughs> journal in the world. Ah, oh, boy. Let's see. Where are we for time here? Come on. Oh, we got a little. We can we can go a little bit more before break. So, um. Donald Trump claims he's serious. Be serious, man. Go for it. I think you're making a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because this is how people are going to react to him. The United States and we're going we're going to get better. I think people forget where we were about 3 4 years ago. We had people who lost their life savings. Those people became lower, lower economic people. But we're about to have another election in a, in a year, and Donald Trump was just on the show. He's mulling oh, over. Oh, please, with Donald Trump. Take him home with you. Now, why do you say that? Huh? Because he's full of it. This is Bill Cosby, by the Based way, on folks. What? Based on what I just heard. <laughs> you kept saying, or somebody kept saying, are you going to run? Are you going to run? He jumped. You run or shut up? Well, he says he he, does, he can't announce yet. Not, not, nobody really Please, has announced anybody yet. Anybody can announce. I've seen, what was it, uh, the Smothers Brothers had a guy, he was on a TV show, and he, he said he was running. You can run. You can run now. 
Start running now. But the only thing he's running is his mouth. Well, on that note, Look at the Cosby, crew left. Yeah. We'll see if he runs. We'll see. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But if he runs, you got to take it seriously. You no, gotta, I don't. Yes, not you him. Do. Not him. Listen, people have run for president for well, for any reason. You know, other than, come on, open your mouth, run, challenge somebody. So put it simply, you like him a lot. All right, nice to see you, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Anything but running for president and talking about what somebody did. This is the third year of a catastrophe, catastrophic eight years we had. And people don't want to look back and see the damage that was done. This is what we have to clean up. And what you're doing now in your communities is, is, is repairing the damage of, of kids who have not had the kind of education that and, they need. And it, so. and it helps families. It helps taxpayers. Because if these kids begin to, to get help and love, then they're going to understand, earn a living. They'll become taxpayers also. It'll lower our taxes. And that's a good thing. Bill hey, Cosby, my Social Security. You. Oh, there you go, Stanley Battle. Thank you as thank well. You. That was the longer clip. Uh, a lot of people were just playing the, um, you know, run or shut up clip. Yeah. So I wanted to show a little bit more context where he actually, he knows what will happen if we get Trump running. That'd I mean, be a joke. The guy can't even apply bronzer to his face properly, as I showed on my Facebook page the other <laughs> day when I just posted a picture of him. He got his earlobe and part of his face. So come on, we we already have an orange guy in Congress. Uh, is are they really? Do they need to be represented by another orange guy? There's only like six of them out there. I uh, was listening to the news this morning. They were talking about Romney, who oh, announced on YouTube or something that he was going to. He announced an exploratory right. committee. But the thing is, though, even even like leaders in the Republican Party say, no, he won't get the nomination. No, he won't because this is what's going to happen. I am against everything Obama did. Yeah, but what about that shit you did in Massachusetts with the uh, health care? Shut oh, up. fuck. Yeah. Didn't you used to be for gay marriage before you ran for office? Fuck. That's how it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. He, he can't do it because now he's a flip-flopper. Yeah. Which I never understood the whole flip-flopper thing. It's like if you have changed your mind, you've changed your mind. That's fine. Flip-flop to me seems like you've changed it a bunch of times. Yeah. Not... From one side to the other, because I could be won over. Yeah, by the thing a, is, though, Romney argument. is like he changes his stance on stuff depending on who's in the room. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. What's this next one? This is local. State invalidates test results at Somerset School. Oh wait, can we do the the rebuttal from from Trump oh, first? Sure. Trump likes to write angry letters. Oh, good. Because him and McCain, like, were born in the same year. <sighs> Want to know what he said? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I had, to, I had to burp. So in response to Bill Cosby? He wrote a letter to the New York Times. Okay. As well as Vanity Fair, I guess. Um, oh, that was in the past few weeks. Okay, so the other day on the Today Show, right after I was interviewed by Meredith Vieira, a terrific person and reporter, I happened to watch Bill Cosby, who was on at the end of the show. While I have never been a fan of Cosby's, first mistake, <laughs> I had always assumed I like it. I had always assumed, and this, this, is, this is the part that blows my mind, just in the very beginning. 
I had always assumed he liked or respected me because every time I met him, like, why would you assume that? Yeah. Uh, the last time at the David Letterman show where I preceded him as a guest, he was always so nice saying, let's get together, asking me out to dinner and being polite to the point of offering to buy me a suit because he has a great tailor. <laughs> I don't believe the buying him a suit. Cosby's smart enough to realize this guy has enough money to buy his own fucking suits. <laughs> In any event, as I watched the show, the subject of Donald Trump came up. He's talking about himself in the third person here. I was surprised to hear him blabber somewhat incoherently, you run or shut up. The hatred was pouring out of his eyes when he said this. The guy's all practically blind now, <laughs> by the way, too. If I have, uh, Not Trump, uh, Cosby. He's had a lot of uh, eye trouble. Uh, as I am sure he must know, I cannot run until this season of Celebrity Apprentice ends. I know he can he can talk about an exploratory committee, though, can't he? Yeah. Uh, I know that he has taken a lot of heat over the years in that he seems to be talking down to the people he's talking to and purportedly trying to help. Actually, based on the way he acted, things are not looking too good for Cosby. I wish he would be more honest, and if he doesn't want me to run because he's obviously an Obama fan, he should state the reasons and not come into my, quote, green room in front of numerous witnesses and treat me like his best friend only to denigrate me when I'm not around. Sadly, he gets more attention talking about me than he did on the merits of his own appearance. Maybe he is not as dumb as I thought. Well, he didn't go on there and say, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> like, I'm going to say, fuck Donald Trump. Um, they asked him a question. Yeah. And it led into it. And he doesn't really care to answer. Trump, I, I did a little looking up of, uh, of, of Trump here to see if he is truly presidential material. And um, I'm going to skip down a little bit to... He's a megalomaniac. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, let's see. Vitamins. Oh, a direct vitamin company. Oh, not interesting. Um, let's see. Financial problems, 1989 to 1997. Let's see. By 1989, the effects of recession left... Tr oh, what recession was that? Who was in office? Oh, that was, that was Reagan. How about yeah. that? Um, left Trump, Trump um, unable to meet loan payments. Trump forced the construction of his third casino, the $1 billion Taj Mahal, primarily with high-interest junk bonds, though he shored up his business with, an, with additional loans and postponed interest payments. By 1991, increasing debt brought Trump to business bankruptcy and the brink of personal bankruptcy. Banks and bondholders had lost hundreds of millions of dollars, but opted to restructure his debt to avoid the risk of losing more money in court. The Taj Mahal reemerged from bankruptcy on October 5th, 1991, with Trump ceding 50% ownership in the casino to the original bondholders in exchange for lowered interest rates. Um, the Trump Plaza Hotel in 92 filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Um, let's see... 94, Trump had eliminated a large portion of his $900 million personal debt. 
uh, and reduced significantly the nearly $3.5 billion business debt. I mean, he's a businessman who dealt in real estate, and he dealt with it, whatever. Yeah, he dealt with it poorly, you know? it sounds like. Junk bonds, really? Like what The thing you- is, though, you know, you know what, though? I mean, there's a million business people out there who have done similar shit. That's You know true. what I mean? It's like, that's just what it is. But, you know, he gets a TV show. He's got an ego the size of Canada. So, yeah. whatever. I, I don't think he's, he's, he's presidential. Not at all. No, so it's, it's a, it's a distraction. So fuck him. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's right up there with Sarah Palin. It's a clown. And hopefully he'll become as irrelevant as she has become recently. Yeah. I am he's not, so glad to see her taking a, a back seat. No. And his whole birther talk is really making yeah, it's ridiculous. even the right wing like, people. Well, okay, the Tea Party is like yeah, get a birth certificate. And the Republican, like regular Republican yeah, party, is like, like whoa, dude, fuck right, that, enough dude. Of this shit. Come on, idiot. Um, I think we should do a break, and then I want to come back with another future predicting piece from the Onion, okay. which is really fucking creepy. So let's do this. Teardrops are falling from your Spanish eyes Please, please don't cry This is just adios and not goodbye Bringing you all the love your heart can hold Hey fans, it's Ken Forey Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie Great company they review zombie films, any zombie film, every zombie film, and it's uh, something you should tune into. So if you get a chance, go to the website, look these guys up, Melora Zombie, and find out what the hot zombie films are today. What's going on? These guys are right on the, the cutting edge of, of reviewing zombie movies, and if you're a zombie, or you want to be a zombie, or you're thinking about being a zombie, or your mom's a zombie, your dad's a zombie, or your damn mother-in-law's a zombie... Tune in the mill or the zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could... 
pick any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice a few hours a week to podcast about whatever you find important, but we think you're crazy asking us to write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a podcast about other podcasts. A podcast about television. A podcast about films. A podcast about music. A podcast about books. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours. The Podcast Podcast. The Podcast Podcast is your one-stop source for all the podcasts on the internet. Each week we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes so that you can decide if you should check them out or keep on moving. Find us at thepodcastpodcast.com or search for us in the iTunes store by looking for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. Little little faith no more. A uh, less heard track, Spanish eyes. Um, I know I have a copy off of the Ricochet single that they put out. So um, this, I was, I, I've been perusing the Onion here and there, and um, it's funny you can get lost in there for hours. Oh yeah, this one was from um, January seventeenth, two thousand one. Okay, this is a this is an internet article from ten years ago. And it says, Bush, quote, our long national nightmare of peace and prosperity is finally over. Now, he had just been sworn in. Yeah. So let's skim through this a little bit, shall we? Uh, Mere days from assuming the presidency and closing the door on eight years of Bill Clinton, uh, President-elect George W. Bush assured the nation in a televised address Tuesday that our long national nightmare of peace and prosperity is finally over. My fellow Americans. <laughs> what? No, I'm just laughing. Uh, Bush said, at long last, we have reached the end of the dark period in American history that will come to be known as the Clinton era. <laughs> Eight long years characterized by unprecedented economic expansion, a sharp decrease in crime, and sustained peace overseas. I'm not doing a Bush. I'm just, it's the spirit of it. Yeah. Right? Because that way you know it's him. Not talking because it's a comedy article. The time has come to put all of that behind us. Bush swore to do everything in his power to undo the damage wrought by Clinton's two terms in office, including selling off the national parks to developers, 
going into massive debt to develop expensive and impractical weapon technologies, <laughs> and passing sweeping budget cuts that drive the mentally ill out of hospitals and onto the street. Wow. Oh, wait, that was his dad, though, wasn't it? <laughs> um, during Maybe f- this is where Bush got all those ideas. He reads The Onion. <laughs> I like onions. This is a good news source. It gets, it gets worse. During the 40-minute speech, Bush also promised to bring an end to the severe war drought that plagued the nation under Clinton, assuring citizens that the U.S. will engage in at least one Gulf War-level armed conflict in the next four years. This was, this was in 2001, before September 11, by the way. That's fucked up. Um, you better believe we're going to mix it up with somebody at some point during my administration, said Bush who plans a 250% boost in military spending. Unlike my predecessor, I am fully committed to putting soldiers in battle situations. Otherwise, what's the point of even having a military? (laughs) This is worded way too well for it to actually be Bush. On the economic side, Bush vowed to bring back economic stagnation implemented by substantial tax cuts, which would lead to a recession, which would necessitate a tax hike, which would lead to a drop in consumer spending, which would lead to layoffs, which would deepen the recession even further. Wow, you're all this future-telling here tonight. Dead on, isn't it? Wall Street responded strongly to the Bush speech, with the Dow Jones Industrial fluctuating wildly before closing at an 18-month low. (laughs) (laughs) The NASDAQ Composite Index, rattled by gloomy outlook for tech stocks in 2001, also fell sharply, losing 4.4% of its total value between 3 p.m. and the closing bell. Asked for comment about the cooling technology sector, Bush said, that's hardly my area of expertise. Uh, Okay, environment, uh, John Ashcroft, a tireless champion in the battle to protect a woman's right to give birth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More about Ashcroft. Uh, Finally, the horrific misrule of the Democrats has been brought to a close. House Majority Leader Dennis Hassert told reporters under bush we can all look forward to military aggression deregulation of dangerous greedy industries and defunding of vital domestic social service programs upon which millions depend mercifully we can now say goodbye to the awful nightmare that was clinton's america for years i tirelessly preached the message that clinton must be stopped conservative radio talk show host rush limbaugh said and yet, in 1996, the American public failed to heed my urgent warnings, re-electing Clinton despite the fact that the nation was prosperous and at peace under his regime. But now, thank God, that's all done with. Once again, we will enjoy mounting debt, jingoism, nuclear paranoia, mass deficit, and a massive military buildup. This is pretty fucked up, isn't it? They had to have backdated this. No, no, this was I this was sourced. I found this uh, referenced other places. Specifically um the article that had the laughing stuff. Yeah. It said if you think this is creepy, read this article from the Onion 10 years ago. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um Let's see. You have no idea what it's like to be black and enfranchised said Marlon Hastings, one of thousands of Miami-Dade County residents whose votes were not counted in the 2000 presidential election. George W. Bush understands the pain of enfranchisement. <laughs> and ever since Election Day, he has fought tirelessly to make sure it never happens to my people again. <laughs> uh, 
and the end here is uh we as a people must stand united banding together to tear this nation in two bush said <laughs> much work lies ahead of us the gap between the rich and the poor may be wide but there's much more widening left to do we must squander our nation's hard won hard won budget surplus on tax breaks for the wealthiest 15% and that's actually very like moderate 15% <laughs> And on the foreign front, we must find an enemy and defeat it. The insanity is over, Bush said. After a long, dark night of peace and stability, the sun is finally rising again over America. We look forward to a bright new dawn not seen since the glory days of my dad. (laughs) Yeah, January 24th, 2001. I know I just read an article off the internet that was a comedy article, but... Holy shit. Yeah. If that doesn't say Republicans never change, (laughs) I mean, they could predict almost everything without saying there will be an attack inside the United States. They got everything right. (sighs) You want to go with the 10 stupidest things that came out of Glenn Beck's mouth? Sure. I don't think we came from monkeys. I think that's ridiculous. I haven't seen a half monkey, half person yet because the man doesn't own mirrors. Especially with that picture of him Seriously. right there. I love that. Uh, Barack Obama chose to use his full his name Barack for a reason, to identify not with America. You don't take the name Barack to identify with America. You take the name Barack to identify with what? Your heritage? The heritage may be of your father in Kenya, who is a radical, is really searching for something to give any kind of meaning, just as he was searching later in life for religion. It got kind of stupid at the end there. Uh, number three, I don't think I got to hate victims faster than the 9-11 victims. What? And when I see a 9-11 victim family on television or whatever, I'm just like, oh, shut up. I'm so sick of them, basically. They're always complaining, and we did our best for them. Again, this is the 10 stupidest things Glenn Beck has said, not my own personal opinion. Wow. The most used phrase in my administration, if I were to be president, would be, what the hell do you mean we're out of missiles? That's that's actually kind of funny, but fucking scary at the same time. Uh, I think there is a handful of people who hate America. Unfortunately for them, a lot of them are losing their homes in a forest fire today. On And that's on why people who lost their homes in forest fires in California had it coming. Dummy. Here's number six. Roosevelt. Am I wrong by saying there was a good portion of people that thought, holy cow, I'm glad he's dead? <laughs> number seven. If you log on to this cars.gov at your home, everything in your home is now theirs. I need I need one of those websites. <laughs> uh, number eight. The only Katrina victims we're seeing on television are the scumbags. Number nine. You know those fat people who sit in their couch? He said in, not on, <laughs> in. And I mean really fat. I mean, not like me. I mean, the people who, like, their skin grows into the couch. And then, you know, they call the fire department and they cut them out of the wall. And they have to bring in a truck. And then they take them to the hospital. I say let them die. Wow. That was September 14th, 2010, by the way. And number 10. Get that image off the screen. I'm thinking about killing Michael Moore, and I'm wondering if I could kill him myself 
or if I would need to hire somebody to do it. No, I think I could. I think he could be looking me in the eye, you know, and I could just be choking the life, choking the life out. Is this wrong? That was May 17th, 2005. That's fucked up. What a nutbag. Please run for office. Please. Ah, boy. So we were going to do the local story, right? Yeah, do this today in the news. This is wicked fucked up. Oh, you want to do that one? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure where I stand on this whole thing. Uh, Today in the news, toddler served alcohol at Applebee's. And it's happened before there. Let's play the video. Please no ad. There's an ad. Of course there's an ad. How come there's no audio for it? That's weird. Oh, you got me. There it is. We'll just mute that for right now. (sighs) Well, it's a good thing we're going to do it. There's only like three lines above it about what happened, so... I don't know. So we're just waiting for this Clinique ad to end, which is really a lot longer than most ads, huh? Jeez, it's like one of those fake Resident Evil teaser ads. <laughs> All right. Um, stop it with that. Let's see what we got here. You better just automatically play. Don't make me click it again. Holy shit. Come on. I'm so impatient. I saw this on the news last night. So I I saw like actual footage of them talking to the people. And um, there's just a couple things with the story I don't understand. A kid that young, you like. First, why didn't you bring a drink for him? Like a juice box you could empty out or hand to him. He's old enough to handle a juice box, right? Yeah, or a cup with a straw in it. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? All right, no. <laughs> All right, we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna close this page and I'm gonna. I'm gonna find a different one. So, was it a cup from Applebee's? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. That's not how you spell it, but um, <laughs> let's see. Videos. I don't. Okay. Let's do this one. All right. Come on. Okay. He looks drunk. <laughs> Give him my gin and juice. Really? Commercials, man. They keep the internet. I was recording something off of Xfinity today to get for the end of the show. And in the middle of the fucking monologue. Applebee's has apologized for accidentally (laughs) serving alcohol to a 15-month-old boy. Happened outside of Detroit. DJ Reese was served margarita mix with his apple juice. Police say they poured, poured the alcohol into the cup. And it was a mislabeled bottle at the bar. That's the waiter who did that. The mother didn't know what was wrong at first, she said. He was saying hi and bye to the walls, and he um, eventually laid his head down on the table, and we thought maybe he was just sleepy. 
DJ was taken to the hospital. He was found to have a blood alcohol level of 0.1, which is well above the legal <laughs> limit for an adult to drive. So he can't drive. The boy is now okay. His mother is baffled that alcohol even came close to her son. She's 18 and legally not allowed to drink. She says no one at the table even ordered alcohol. Applebee's called the situation, quote, unacceptable and is cooperating with a police investigation. Back in 2006, a New York Applebee's admitted to accidentally serving a five-year-old Long Island iced tea instead of apple juice. A year later, a California Applebee's served margarita mix to a toddler. What the fuck? All right, the first thing, and uh, I must be a terrible person. The first thing I thought of was, okay, she has a 15-month kid. She's 18 years old. Okay. And then when I watched it on the news last night, I'm like, how how can I really believe that the drink stuff that's on one side would get filled at the bar? I don't I don't get that. You don't go to the bartender for sodas for table five. Yeah, Why you would do. you go to No, you have your own stations that you that you go and fill your drinks up. Depends. No, a lot of times I haven't been in an Applebee's yeah. in probably three years, but yeah. It's it's a fucking sippy cup. They had said it was yeah. in a sippy cup. Yeah. What fucking retard well, puts alcohol just, in a sippy cup? They said the bottle he used was mislabeled. I can understand that. I can see that. It doesn't excuse it. No, I but, can't. I'm sorry. No, if you're dealing with alcohol and normal drinks. But the thing drinks, is, the margarita mix looks different than it's green. Yeah. It looks different than even apple in juice. low light. It yeah, definitely. It does. looks different than apple juice. I mean, that's like. It's like you give apple juice, you're supposed to be giving away what looks like a urine sample. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I don't understand is I check everything before I give it to to my kids. Yeah. Why didn't they? She's 18. She's smart enough to know how to make a kid. You don't have to be smart to do that. Look I think me. I'm see, an idiot. I think the problem is that they're on the outskirts of Detroit and everybody fucking drinks around there because they're on the outskirts of Detroit. Right. I watched a nice big long slideshow about all of the, the busted up, broken down buildings in Detroit. There's yeah. a lot of nice buildings that have just like been fucking demolished and they're still standing. So it's mm. terrible to see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So let's get rid of that. We'll see where that goes. Hey, the woman, that fucking twat that uh, withheld the um, the the medicine for her kid. With, yeah, didn't uh, she get sentenced today or something like she that? She went to jail. Thankfully, that fucking twat went yeah. to jail. Um, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I think, is what the kid had. Very survivable. Survival, sur- survivable. Can, thank you. It, I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she decided, because she was a doctor apparently, um, that it wasn't good for him to take the chemotherapy medication. So she didn't give it to her. Was he five or was Something he nine? Like didn't give it to her son and he died. I'm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just going to jail, honestly, for me, that's not good enough. Yeah, I would kill myself. <laughs> Seriously, I would. I would if I did that to somebody. I would kill myself because I'm not worthy to talk to another human being. Where was the dad? I don't know. I never heard a thing about him. 
but I, I don't think that's really that can't be a relevant question, I guess, anymore. Why not? Because guys disappear. I mean, we don't have a great well, track record as men, do we? Well, not personally, but but I'm glad to see that the jury came to their senses and said, "Ah, uh, yeah, you withheld life-saving treatment from your son, even though it was making him sick, and the doctor said to take it." Yeah. So maybe the fucking doctors have an idea of what they're doing. Go to jail. Shut up. Shut the fuck up and go to jail. <laughs> so that I've been I've been sort of following that one off and on, and it's really been bugging me. Um. All right, I got three here. The the test results, something from Greta Van Susteren and a TV priest. Greta. Okay. I like to watch her talk out of the side of her mouth. Oh, my God. Did she have a, a Stallone stroke or something? Greta Van Susteren on Obama. Look who's going to be on Oprah again. Oh, God, who cares? Greta Van Susteren noted President Obama's upcoming appearance on Oprah and his continued snubbing of her in a blog post on Tuesday. Oh, fuck her. Who cares? The headline read, Look who's going on Oprah again. And yes, we continue to invite him on OTR at 10 p.m. I had no fucking idea what her show was called, by the way. I don't. I know who she is, but I don't even know who she works for. Uh, the blog post continued. I found out at the end of this. The blog post continued. We have an open invitation to the president to appear on the record, that's the name of the show, OTR, at 10 p.m. He did appear when he was a U.S. senator and running for office, but since elected, we have not persuaded him to come back because he's got a fucking job to do. While Obama has not been talked, has not talked to Van Susteren, he has sat down with some of her Fox News colleagues, including Bill O'Reilly and Brett Baer, uh, people that I would say are in better time slots. Just... Stop bitching, you whiny little bitch. Plus, this is <laughs> Oprah's last year. She's That's retired, true. 25 years, blah, blah, blah. They're both from Chicago. Hey, shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, I could cry. Oh, he's never come on my show either. Fucking idiots. All right. So, um, Somerville, Somerset, sorry, Somerset State invalidates test results at Somerset School. Uh, state education officials have invalidated last year's MCAS math test results at a Somerset Elementary School after determining that an unusually high number of wrong answers had been changed to correct ones. Oh, that's not good. No, because they can tell how many erasures there are. And I yeah. was listening to this on NPR, and they said that the average erasure per test per student is one. That's interesting. These tests had averaged out to 13 per student. Wow. Uh, according to a le- oh, results uh, for the English language arts and science portion of the test at Wilbur Elementary School are still being scrutinized. According to a letter from State Education Commissioner Mitchell Chester read at Monday's school committee meeting, the investigation found a, quote, decidedly higher number of erasures than the state average on both answer on answer booklets. The Herald News, I guess that's the Boston Herald, reports that the state also found a, quote, disturbing pattern of answers to open response questions in which students' original responses were erased and replaced with correct answers. The state will send staff to monitor MCAS tests at Wilbur in May. There's a whole lot of people that are going to get fired for that. Well, at least one, I guess. What do you think of that? What do you think of the whole MCAS thing? 
Like, remember when they just used to like teach you the shit that you needed to know that was in the book? Now they teach you for the test. Um, I think it's unfortunate that, that there is so much emphasis on MCAS. Yeah. Um, I think it's a shame that if you don't pat, like it penalizes the kids. Yeah. More than the teachers. Well, I think it depends. Like if, if one student out of an entire class doesn't pass, that's the student's fault. Yeah. But I think if you have more than a third, I think a third's fair yeah. that don't pass, then you've got to start looking at the teacher. Yeah. So then that's, that's 10 kids out of a 30 kid classroom. So yeah. that's, but it's, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, just sort of track those statistics. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, kid takes something in the third grade and you start tracking that. Right. Ooh, let's track third graders. And you see a trend that that kid's in the fifth grade now. Yeah. You know, fifth, yeah. sixth grade. So, but I it don't used, know. To, it I used mean, to be just based off of tests and quizzes as and homework as the year went on. When I, when I was growing up, it was that it was, hey, we got a book report every month. We have, you know, whatever special report, you know, once a quarter or whatever you whatever we did there. Um, and then, then there were like weekly tests, math, yeah. all that stuff, and it was all graded. And yeah, but MCAS doesn't affect. Together. I mean, doesn't affect your your the kid's grade. No, but it, your it, ability to move on to the next grade, it will. No, I no. It's if you, it doesn't affect your ability to go on to the next grade. I but thought, at a I, certain juncture, it will get in the way of you um graduating see i don't think that's right you cannot let the student pass and pass and pass and pass and then stop them at the end and be like hey you you fucked up too many tests it's like you know what let them do it again repeat the grade if it's that important repeat the grade well then, the th- but the thing and is then though see if after a thing. second year the see thing if is the though fails here's the thing anything that is on mcas okay yeah um if they're not getting stuff in mcas in all the other work they're doing, you're going to see that there as well. So the kids, you know, if the kid is, is, is failing in his, you know, general work and stuff like that, yeah, you're going to see it. I mean, you're going to see it there regardless yeah. of what you see in MCAS. But, but, but what MCAS does do though is it will show a, I, I think a broader, um, look at at the school in general. Like in, in, in my mm-hmm. town, in my town, they saw math scores weren't great. Yeah. So they went and they changed the math curriculum, <laughs> which I mean, they, 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 they no, it, it, no, it reminds me of this, the, the Simpsons episode where it's like, oh, so we're going to concentrate on the, uh, the three R's. Well, two R's come September reading hasn't been testing well, <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, but they of. looked at how they were teaching kids, yeah, how they were teaching kids math. And right, so but I think your, your town can do that. Whereas like. A, a city school, a big city school, wouldn't. The whole thing is just fuck them, get them out of here, move them on. No, I don't think that in a big city school. I, I don't think that there's happens. that there's especially with people that are problems. I mean, uh, imagine if you had. But the thing is, uh, that those kids who were problems, okay, again, in their regular everyday grades you see on their report card, all right, MCAS. M- M- MCAS is going to mirror what you're seeing every day. I don't know. I, all I know is that when I was growing up, kids were passed through that were dumb as fucking rocks. Yeah. 
There's no reason there were some people. Some people in my graduating class should not have been there. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. But I like to think that most, whether it's a big city or a smaller town, most people involved in education are interested in, you know, the well-being of the kids. I'm sure. That documentary, but- Waiting for Superman, showed me a little, a little bit different, but... There's definitely teachers that are just going through the motions. Yeah. I, had, I had a fourth grade teacher that did the exact same thing every single year. Yeah. Never changed it up at all. So... And the three times you were in the fourth grade, you really called her on it. I got, but by the third year, I'm like, this is a pattern. That's it. I just, I never stayed back. I, I, people that stay back are definitely looked down on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, there's social stigma and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best thing you can do is, is stay back, like, when the rest of your classmates move on, like you can stay back in fifth grade when everybody moves on to middle school, you have a year of you're the biggest, toughest kid in the school. Yeah. But that means nothing. (laughs) Well, I know there's no good way. There really isn't. So, I I mean, I, I I think that they're, imagine staying back and and you're being homeschooled. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) But I I think that I have, I don't like the amount of time that gets spent on MCAS. Yeah. Because, and I see it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I communicate a lot with my kids' teachers, and both third grade and the fifth grade, you know, are, are doing MCAS stuff this year. Right. And I can see the teachers. They teach for the who, test. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. Because they're, they're confident that they used to teach for the test. Yeah. And, and some do. But what I'm what what I see in my experience, what I'm seeing is that teachers are trying really hard to prepare the kids for wow, the you test. There, really sorry, <laughs> they're trying to get the kids to prepare, be prepared for the test. Keep saying that word. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. To be ready for the test, yeah, and and still get in the stuff that they need to do. And it's not so but much. Let me, let me it, ask no, no, you no. This. It's not so much material in the test. It's it's how to how to take a standardized test. Do, do, do you know what I mean? No, that's that doesn't make any sense. You, you it, take it, a standardized test by reading the question and filling in the appropriate circle. But you know what? Some kids don't test well that way. No, they don't. Exactly. And which some is, kids which don't is part test of the well problem anyway. Exactly. All right. Yeah. That's that. That's where you get into problems with MCAS. You shouldn't. There shouldn't be any time spent teaching them how to take a test. It kind of kind of flies in the face of test taking most of it most of it like what if you didn't learn the lesson about how to take the test then you're fucked (laughs) and that's that's the problem with putting so much putting so much weight and putting so much emphasis on a standardized test i never thought it was a good idea of course i skirted by like they they introduced it like the year after i graduated but without it though without it there's no there's no, I, I, I think there's no better way to sort of see on a system, on a like grade by grade on a system wide level, how kids are doing. But we've taken standardized tests when we were in school. Yeah. I never had a problem with them. Did you? No. I, I don't. I don't understand when it first came out, everybody scrambled to change everything because they had to conform to what was being asked on the on the test. 
So it's like, oh, we got to change everything up. I'm like, well, what the fuck were you teaching us in the first place? I mean, are we going to go, are, are kids finally going to learn what happened past World War II? I mean, come on. And it's, and it, I remember a lot of the argument was, oh, well, they're just teaching so that they, the kids will pass the test. Okay. I mean, r- really? You know what? I think that, I think that there's a difference and it may just be semantics. I think that there's a difference between like being taught to pass the test and being prepared to take the test. Yeah. And, and I, I, and what I, what I experience, what I've seen so far, at least in our town, is that my kids are getting, um, are, are being prepared to take the test. But you know? I don't, I, I, because all of I'm like, not, like Cole went into it. Cole yeah. went into this last round, right? And he's just like, I'm really nervous about this. I'm really nervous about it. I'm like, dude. Well, because they put so much pressure on the Well, the, the thing kids. is, it, it becomes a, 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 it's not so much pressure. All right. Well. Because it's, because it, it's, it is important and they, they, they let the kids know that it is important. All right. Mm-hmm. And in that, they feel a little bit of pressure. But I told them, I'm just yeah. like, dude, this is stuff you know. Exactly. All right. That's, that's the it's, part it's all I don't... stuff you know. And it's just, uh, uh, it's just, you know what? The way your teacher may ask you about stuff you know may be a little different than the teacher in the next room. Right. Okay. This test is a way of everybody being asked about this stuff that you're supposed to know yeah. in the same way. So, so it ends up being as well um, about reading comprehension. You no, have yeah, to be yeah, able to. Def- yeah, part of it is that you have to so, be able to see what they're asking, and so. and and well, no, I mean like just in general taking the test. Right. It's, yeah, it's whether you can read and understand the word problem, or you can read and understand the whatever right. they're asking. So I, I, it would be interesting to see if people that don't do well on it, you know, if if they if they are asked a different way, like like an oral exam or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they could answer the question, like say they couldn't, you know, answer, you know, like is to love as hate is to, you know, typical SAT question. Yeah. But if you said if you could if you could voice it to them and they could answer, then you know you have an issue with comprehension. Because I know I, I've known some kids that had issues with reading comprehension that are perfectly fine, intelligent kids, but there's a disconnect between what they read and how they interpret it, which baffles me. I don't understand that at all. I I read from, you know, very early on and I devoured everything yeah. I could find. That's what I don't understand. And I'm not being ignorant or, you know, trying to take the other side. It's like it's it's a question. You just answer the question to the best of your ability. And generally you'll have one bullshit answer. <laughs> you'll have one that sounds good, but if you think about it for a second, isn't right. And you'll have two that seem like they but could you know be the a final lo- a answer. A lot of it now, though, is it's not so much the reading of the passage and then multiple choice. It's mm-hmm. reading of the passage and then like open-ended questions where, okay. they, where they have to write their answer. All right. Which I think is better than, oh, absolutely. than those other things. And again, this is what, this is the way they're, I mean, like Cole does a lot more writing good than I think I did when I was in the third grade. Hmm. So yeah, we had a lot, I had a lot of fill in the blank type so, stuff. Yeah. Short choice. answer stuff. But I mean, but he does a lot more writing now. 
Okay. Which so, I think is fantastic. Can't you train them to take the tests, the standardized tests, by just giving them tests that are like that? You know what I mean? Like when I learned how to how to play baseball, when I learned how to throw a baseball, and I've probably told this story like four times already on the show, um, we found a rock that was baseball size, so it weighed you know two three times as much as a baseball, and that's what we used. So when I was in a game, you throw the baseball, and it's like super easy to do because you're used to it. So make the vocabulary tests like not exactly but sort of in the same vein and then you don't really have to teach them they become accustomed to it because that's testing yeah Uh, all testing is kind of bullshit anyway (laughs) it really is i mean back with math class it's like you can't use a calculator and my response to that always is why the fuck not who's gonna stop me in real life yeah i mean oh you have to take geometry to 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 you know graduate why I mean, what if I go on to be a projectionist? I don't need to learn how to calculate the volume of a cone. <laughs> I just say Brigham's, fill it with ice cream. That's it. <laughs> but there's, there's stuff. I mean, yeah, if you want to learn it, you go on to the to the higher mathematics yeah. classes and, and you do that. I mean, I can't figure out every percentage without a calculator. Not fucking Rain Man. Yeah. There's no embarrassment in using a calculator anymore. I don't know. I understand making it difficult so you understand how it works yeah. behind it and all that. Don't use it on tests and whatever. But I hated long division. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Are the MCAS even doing anything? Has it made a difference? It's been like like 20 years. I don't know. Uh. All right. Well, you ready for this one? Yeah. What is this? All right. I purposely hid the headline. TV priest Michael Manning takes leave after a leave of absence after revealing he had an affair with his cousin. Dun dun dun! Big surprise. Popular Roman Catholic priest with a worldwide television ministry is reported confessing to having an affair with his cousin more than three years ago. The Reverend Michael Manning said he broke his vow of celibacy with Nancy Katowski a school superintendent in Monterey County, California. The San Bernardino County Sun reported Wednesday. I thought, now I might be wrong, but I remember reading that um, the vow of, of celibacy, oh wait, no, that's chastity. Never mind. Um, the 59-year-old Katowski is Manning's second cousin. The sexual relationship came to light after the son received intimate correspondences between them. Who who fucked up those letters? Uh-huh. Dear the son. Ah, oh, shit. Um, the reality is I was living two lives. One as a priest who had vowed to celibacy and another life as a sexually active man in our sexual intimacy, Manning wrote to Katowski, according to one correspondence the newspaper received. The two cut off their affair about three years ago when he grew conflicted over the illicit affair of, of three years, apparently. He uh, he wrote in the correspondence, according to the newspaper, it was not clear how long the relationship had lasted. Oh, okay. We've been such good friends, and there's a deep love we have for each other, he wrote. The sexuality was secondary. It's very hard when you care for someone, but I <laughs> love my priesthood more. I admit the fact of my sinfulness sinfulness that's an interesting word i've done wrong that's why i've stopped manning began a catholic television ministry in 1978 
and now appears on the world though oh sorry the word in the world um a weekly show on the trinity broadcasting network the priest said Wednesday that he would take a leave of absence from his post with the Diocese of San Bernardino. It is unclear what will happen to his television show. Katowski said Wednesday she hoped uh, revelations of the affair, nice choice of words, <laughs> would change some of the long-standing rules of the church, mainly the vow of celibacy that priests must take. So she still wants them. Interesting. The reality is that we love the church, we're committed to the church, but I'm hoping a dialogue will open up about obligatory celibacy. The whole question of celibacy, she told the Monterey Herald, is it right for all people? She then went on to describe the priest as her soulmate and said that they even considered marrying. Can you marry your second cousin? Yeah. Oh. It's a struggle, but we know God is calling to us, so we honor that. She told the newspaper. Now, personally, if you're having an affair with your second cousin, yeah, I really don't think God's involved in that. Do you? No. <laughs> kind of like, it's washed his hands of the whole thing there. <sighs> Boy. Shall we do a break? You know what, though? Huh? I think he... I don't know. I, I I I don't fault him really. It was with a full grown consenting woman, adult. Yeah. So and he that is was different conflicted. than normal. He stopped when he, you know, he didn't stop because he quote unquote got caught. No, he, that's a good point. So I mean, he did. I mean, the only re- I'm, the, the only reason it makes news is because the dude's on TV. Well, and it was his cousin, right? People hear the word cousin and go, Bleh! so. <laughs> so i mean i have i mean whatever dude good luck you know hope you figure out your life celibacy is stupid because it's just not just doesn't work for people no people like fuck it well <laughs> just a little bit as that miley cyrus doll would be uh Anyway, let's do this. But you want to fuck a little bit. Oh. <laughs> ah, she's 18. I can make those jokes. Little Lost Boys soundtrack for everybody here.
you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. Bringing class to the trash. Hi there. Are you listening to Cinerama? Available on cinerama.podomatic.com or on iTunes every week? No? Well, fuck you. Cinerama gives you a weekly dose of news, reviews, new trailers, new Blu-ray releases, movie marathons, and all sorts of other kind of paraphernalia that you want in your ears. Cinerama is statistically proven to make your life better. But if you don't want to listen to Cinerama, then again I tell you, fuck you. Combining the best of British witticism, inventive swearing, and hopefully intelligent comments about all the movie news issues happening in the world today, Cinerama is pretty much the best thing you can listen to, apart from the show that you're listening to right now, of course. And again, if you're not listening to Cinerama, fuck you. Hi, Andy's Grandma. We're here to record a new episode of Night of the Living Podcast. Is Andy home? Oh, me so sorry. He no home right now. You follow me. Oh, Andy's room smells kind of weird. Yeah, really strange. He left his computer on over here, too. Hey, guys, why do you think Andy might have this mask of human skin? That's weird. Maybe you guys know why there's this machete in the corner. His computer's just knife enthusiast websites in American apparel. Oh, wait, there's another website here. Palaver.com. Palaver. Okay, Palaver. Whatever, I think... Yeah, he's definitely got the serial killer board up right under uh, Night of the Living podcast discussions. Oh, Jesus. Uh, maybe we should get the hell maybe out of here. Maybe we should go. Yeah, I think we should. Hey, guys. You ready to record? <laughs> if you're a fan of horror films, you should check out Night of the Living podcast at notop.com. Going and going. Fucking Energizer Bunny of a movie theme song. 
I will get a new Y splitter at some point for the headphones. <laughs> so, real quick, I, I have this this Star Wars ship sitting on the counter here. It's a uh, droid gunship from uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, I want to tell you what I, I went out to buy one of those um, like razor tooth hand saws for cutting branches. Yeah, you know the curved ones that are kind of awesome, by the way. And so I stopped in Target, which was right next to Home Depot, and I'm like, oh, I'll just see what they got. So they had they had the gunship. It's a movie ship. So I wanted to um wanted to pick that up because I'm I'm doing not necessarily all the Clone Wars ones, but the the movie ships. I'm still what is this little switch do? that allows the kickstand to be put oh, down. I see. Um, so I I always when I get home I always open them up and make sure that like they have all their parts, and I've never had an issue. I opened this thing up. It came with the front part, which uh, detaches as an escape pod. It came with the saucer section of the ship, but it was missing everything else. The nose gun, the side parts, the extra bombs that fit underneath. So I look at the box, and I realize that one of the sides had was double taped with the normal Hasbro tape uh. and then different tape. Problem is, there's only two per case. And it was a Saturday afternoon, I think. So it that thing's really stuck on there. It almost feels like you're gonna break it when you when you pull off the escape pod. Um, so I I get home and I'm like, all right, I'll be back to help you in the yard in a minute. I have to go return this. So Ellen's like, she looks at me and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, because I never return anything yeah. if I can help it. I'm like, it's missing all of its pieces. Here's the great thing about Target. It didn't matter what I said. They'll take it. I walked in. I grabbed the other one off the shelf because I wasn't about to fucking wait right. in line while somebody got one. I went and grabbed the other one, and I walked up with the one in the bag in the receipt, and I put one on the counter, and I put the bag on. I'm like, I want to exchange that for that. And she said, okay. That's yeah, it. usually pretty good. Just okay. Not what's wrong with it. Right. Nothing. So, in theory, I could have walked in with an old receipt and, like, swapped out. Pretty much anything. Yeah. So, that's good and bad, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. <clears throat> All right, we got stuff to read. I guess it's voicemail, email time. Email Mostly time. email time. Oh, can I play some one thing real quick that Reverend Scott sent us? Oh, okay. All right. And once the girls were born, and now definitely that I like can talk to them and we can have conversations and right. stuff and all that, I want to talk about porn stars. I don't, I don't see what the problem I mean, is. Yeah. He just sent that little tidbit, just separate from everything else. That's some good editing. So, okay. What do you got? All right. I don't know if my voice can handle this. All right. This is two pages. <laughs> this is from James. It's called Religion and Stuff. Uh, hey, Chris and Frank. I'm a whole episode behind, but I wanted to send some feedback regarding the lengthy discussion you had in regards to religion and whether it's damaging or not. Chris's point of view was yes, and Frank was of the mind that as long as people keep it to themselves, he couldn't give a fuck. I'm in two minds on the whole subject. In regards to Chris's point of view, I agree that people should be called out constantly on the bullshit that spews out of their mouths so as to try to make people think more about what they're saying and doing uh -huh. to other people's psyche by saying abhorrent things, especially in a time of disaster like the Japan earthquake and 
following tsunami. Yeah. I can rarely sit back and allow people to get away with hateful religious rhetoric aimed at people in trouble just because they don't share the same religious views as they do. It's shocking that this happens, but there's no shortage of it. Yeah, sadly. I also agree with Frank that you sometimes have to let things go and mind your own business. It's a much harder line to take for me personally as I've been known to be a lot, uh, a bit of a hardline militant atheist bastard. (laughs) Over the last six months or so, I've managed to rein in my venomous hate toward all religion and take Frank's line of leave me the fuck alone and we won't have a problem. Certainly a commendable stance. But then the following happens. My best friend and co-workers recently found God, and in a big fucking way. What was God doing? And where was he hiding? Seriously. (laughs) To the point where he told his wife that if she didn't go as full on into it as he does, then she'll burn in hell. Needless to say, they've split up, and there's two young children involved as well. How can someone say that to their wife? Not to mention saying that to your kids. Saying that your own kids will burn, too, unless you spend every waking minute praying to a deity with no basis in reality whatsoever. So basically he went Westboro on them. I guess so. Jesus. It's been hard for me <laughs> I not, say that a lot. <laughs> it's been hard for me not to pull him aside and give him a piece of my mind on the whole subject, but I feel that it's really none of my business and I should just butt out. Mm. But this is the problem. Religion does cause irreparable damage. And one day my friend uh, when my friend has lost everything that he holds dear to him, he'll probably live to regret it, but then it'll be too late. Could I have helped save the situation from escalation? Possibly. But the thing is, with these kinds of people, is that they will not listen to reason or logic. To him, Earth is 6,000 years old. Noah's Ark really happened and so forth. I cannot understand it all. I had religion pushed on me from a young age too, but why did I go one way and he the other? Something I'll never understand. Do you verbally attack these people or let them live their deluded lives and allow them to throw everything away, throw away everything they've built? I can't help but feel I'm wasting my time. Hmm. I'll feel no guilt on the subject, and he never confronts me with his beliefs as he did once before by telling me I should go to church with him to save my soul. To which I answered, I'd rather cut off my own dick and shove it up my ass than go to church. <laughs> I bet that ended the Followed by a short tirade of anti-religious speak that would put off any religious type from broaching the subject with me again. Nice. That'll do it. Nothing's been mentioned about it ever since, and we continue to work together without incident, so for that I'm thankful. Well, I don't know how things are in Australia, but I know here there's a fine line between having a conversation and recruiting, I guess is a good word. I don't know. It certainly is a dilemma for both parties. What to do? Speak up and be the asshole that everyone hates or say nothing and allow idiocy to occur right in front of you. Fuck knows. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. The show is still great. It's still as great as it ever been. If not better and next to, if not better and next to OTC, it's first on the list of my weekly downloads. Keep up the fantastic work. And I promise you, Chris, that I'll get onto some more music. I'll get onto some more music for the show, as well as an outro that you requested. Nice. Having a little trouble organizing some time to get it done, but we'll get there soon. Oh, I totally understand. That's cool. why I don't have a proper response to Reverend Scott every week. To the awesome <laughs> guy who criticized the show one week and retracted it the following week, I must say you were a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Finally, someone with the nuts to admit when, uh, to admit they were wrong. Though I did fully understand his point of view and his voicemail was in no way insulting to the show, just more of a constructive criticism. 
Yeah. I hope he sends more feedback. And as he seems to be quite humorous, articulate, and I really enjoyed both his critical voicemail and the following attraction. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Peace and love. Yes, I know that's Reverend Scott's sign-off, but it really is an, appreci- an appropriate way to say goodbye to people you hold massive respect for. And for you too, that certainly is the case. James. Thank you, James. Nice. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the uh, the the Reverend Scott closing because my grandmother would always uh, my grandmother died um, back in '86, so I was um, going into eighth grade, and uh, she always signed her cards, "Love and Peace." So I think that's that's nice. That's nice. So, um, okay. So what what you got there? You got that? I have that something one. from Reverend Scott. Okay. Um, let me, see, let me see real quick because there's a part that we should read first, I think. Um, oh, yeah, the whole thing's fine, I guess. I was going to say don't read the first part first, but it's only one line. So. All right. Um, do you, do, do you, we have any other voicemail do, or do anything you want, to do? Do you want a little help with Reverend Scott singing with some music? All right. Hey there, guys. I can't do it. I can't even attempt to do it with my voice all fucked up. I got another news clip for you this week and whatnot. I hope you did my story about the sex doll. Too. Yes, we remembered this time. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to address some stuff that was said on a now defunct Palaver podcast. I heard that episode, and no, I'm not naming names of shows. No, and, no one is. And the comments about another podcaster were indeed malicious. Yes, they say it was an April Fool's joke to switch feeds, but guess what? That was their show that was put on the Palaver-related feed. Yeah. It's no different than if I were to come to your show one week and say that Bill was a morbidly obese, good-for-nothing ass clown that sucks dick for meth. Sure, I'm not Chris or Frank, but it's on your show, so you're responsible for what you release. That is true. Bill's not fat at all. No, that's the point. He was he was being facetious. Oh, I see. They made some harsh remarks about another pal of a podcaster. I see what you did there. And actually also about the people who went out Friday night at Horror Hound Weekend to karaoke. Yes. Guess who one of those people was at karaoke Friday night? Corey Haim. Reverend Scott. Oh. Guess who may grab some random audio of another podcaster from their show and keep it for a rainy day? Mm. You've heard the kinds of things that end up on a segment of mine done in good humor with no malintent. Yeah. Now imagine the possibilities (laughs) if I get fucking pissed. (laughs) That should be terrifying to anyone that hears it. Certain people better pray to Tom Selleck's mustache. That never happens. That's all I'm saying about that. Yeah. Maybe you guys already talked about it on the show. If not, I'd like your thoughts on the censorship spin that was thrown around. I'm personally against any censorship, but rules are rules, kids. If you choose to interject about this issue on issue some on the show, wait to play this clip until after you're done so you can lighten the mood after. Peace and love, Reverend Scott. All right. All right. So I thought the music would be fitting because that's, that's more than he normally writes to us. Yeah. So um, I started writing... Um, like an explanation of what happened for people. Um, should I read it? That's awfully long. That's not that bad, but it, it'll it'll help clear up some of the confusion. Anybody that wants more specific details can can write to me at the show address. Uh, are you serious? Uh, podcast at gmail dot com. So you want to hear what's going on? You get more of the full story here. Sure. Uh, okay. And this is a rough draft. I don't know if this is going to end up even being published. 
so it's just one of those things I had to get out because it affected people that I consider my friends. So it says, uh, recently, palaver.com, uh, let me just, okay, take care of that, uh, had some issues with an episode of a show that was posted by a member of the community. As an April Fool's Day joke, they swapped hosts with another show. On the surface, that seems like a pretty good idea. The problem problems arose when they claim that they did not listen to the show before they released it. And I can only take their word for it, so... That's why I have claim in parentheses. The show was released on their regular feed, so anyone that subscribed got it. It was numbered concurrently with the rest of the episodes, and it more or less had the same structure and identifying markers as a regular episode would. So that makes it a regular episode of their show, right? I'd say so, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I wrote. (laughs) I think we can all agree that makes it an official episode. Good. (laughs) Now, Palaver.com is a community of shows that support each other. All of the founding members members were part of the great Pop Syndicate implosion of 2010. And I call it an implosion because Pop Syndicate no longer exists. Um, that got totally fucked up. Uh, we banded together and more or less all pitched in to create Palaver.com. This particular show was brought in after the site was live and set up. They didn't participate as much as everyone else, nor did they supply a promo for us to play. But we welcomed them as we would any new show. By their own admission, they did not really use the forums to the extent that they could have. Perhaps if they did, they would have had a better sense of the community that we had built. Over a week ago, the above-referenced podcast published the episode, and it contained some angry diatribes against a fellow member of the Palaver community. Now, we all joke with each other and call the other Palaver hosts names from time to time. The difference is, the audience knows it's a joke. We have these hosts on our shows, or we flat-out tell the listeners we are only kidding. This was not the case with this particular show. What the listener got was mean-spirited, vitriolic rhetoric about a number of Palaver podcasts and their hosts. Because it wasn't just the one show. There were a bunch of other people that were referenced. Now, this person is free to do whatever they wish on their own show. They have no rules, nor did they agree to any conditions, like this show did upon joining Palaver. However, we all need to keep in mind that anything published, be it in print or electronically, can be considered... In a libel case. Yeah. In fact, by having this host on their show, it increased the case. The uh, It increased the case the offended podcasters would have by spreading the inflammatory and angry-fueled statements to other shows. The more outlets for the libelous speech, the easier the case becomes. I looked that up just to make sure. <laughs> the offending show being a part of Palaver.com and having offended another Palaver show, was asked to take down the show and issue an apology. After a lengthy discussion with the heads of the site, they decided it was best to leave Palaver completely. And I'm trying to use the wrong thing to move the page. That's as far as I got writing, because I went back and rewrote and edited parts and all that. Um, They discussed, more or less, very professionally, I think, um, to the degree that could be expected, um, that that was censorship yeah. and that they will not compromise their morals or whatever for any type of anybody telling them what to do. Well, honestly, they're full of shit. <laughs> because when you work somewhere, your company says, no disparaging remarks about right. you, about your company. That's not censorship. Right. That's protecting a brand, a brand that you are a part right. of. 
that's that's kind of how I see it. And and uh, when if I ever finish that, it'll be worded a lot better. Yeah. But they they made a mistake, and instead of saying, "Oh yeah, that was kind of bad," we did kind of that person went too far. Yeah. Um, we'll edit out the parts where he said bad things or something. I mean, is their podcast still going? Oh yeah. Not with us though. Yeah. Not with Palaver. Um, if anybody wants to know who the host was, what the offended offending show was, um, uh, I'll be happy to let you know privately, but I'm not going to, and just like right. Bill and everybody else, all the other shows that have discussed this have said we're not going to drive um, people to download right. their show. Um, I think that the one show that did the swap, that had it in their feed as a numbered episode, they handled it. Even though I don't agree with the way they, they the, the, the final decision they came to, I think that they were... Um, they 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 weren't childish about it. Yeah. So that's a plus. <laughs> but it's just it just showed poor judgment to to let it out. It's like you don't put it I would never put a segment in in one of my shows in any of the shows that I have not listened to or agree with in some way. Yeah. Or that is phrased as like Reverend Scott's um, um, climate thing, yeah, that's his opinion. Yeah, I mean he's definitely has stated that that's his side of it. You know, as far as we all know, right? And um, it's I, I'm not saying I endorse it or don't endorse it, but it's not hate speech, right? I mean, I have cut out a couple things here and there that I think about afterwards, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should cut those like couple words out. Like there was the whole thing that we did about Pop Syndicate, where I read the emails, yeah, yeah, and I viciously attacked that guy, like more so than anything yeah. I've ever done on the show, and I cut an hour out of the show. It's the only time I ever really censored myself. Right. What do you What do you think? How? What do you consider censorship? Like in in a, in a podcast kind of sense, like I mean that's that's really that's that's really difficult because I think that if I mean I think the situation is is weird hmm. because it's just like They go on this. They 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 swap hosts, right? right? So under the umbrella of this other show, they go on and say a bunch of shit. Yeah, All about right? Reverend Scott said about him about uh, the hosts of. I can count whether they know it or not. I can count three other shows off the top of my head, maybe four shows that they insult. Yeah, I mean, not it's by just, name. Yeah, but no, by, but it's like it's just. It's just, I mean, I can understand, okay, you know, it was meant to come off as an April Fool's thing, and it just, it was just not thought out, but it's just this thing where it's just, you know what, they can, you're not censoring them, you're just choosing not to associate with them. Well, they were given a choice, it's you can take that episode down and apologize, whether it's publicly or not, I was, I'm not sure, or 
Oh, we don't want to hang out with you, you anymore. You basically, can go. yeah. Okay? It's not like we're. It's not like we're I mean, reporting a concern exactly. on and iTunes. Exactly, and their 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 podcast still goes. They're still yeah. welcome to say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. So you're just sort of you're just choosing to not be in the same room with them. Exactly. So that's not. I, that's that's not, I wouldn't say that's censorship. It's just picking your friends a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so stupid. So. Yeah. All right. So, um, censorship is, is is more if we um, if we as a as a group mention the name of the show that that host regularly hosts, and we said, you know what you can do? You can go to iTunes. You can click on report a concern. Yeah. And exactly. you can check off the box that says uh, offensive or inflammatory speech, and you can write a little comment that he's attacking private citizens for their appearance or right. their intelligence level or whatever. That would be... And we don't think it's cool to make fun of stupid fat people. No. If you're stupid, sure. If you're fat, sure. Both? Come on. <laughs> Not that I'm telling... these are the stupid fat people that we would like to name. <laughs> Glenn Beck. <laughs> that is all. That is all. <laughs> all right um so that's it for that um yeah this is a, probably be a good time to announce that we're changing the name of this podcast to glenn beck is a stupid fat person <laughs> podcast yeah so if anybody wants to know any more details on that uh if you've uh, got me on facebook or, or twitter frank honestly really doesn't know anything about it <laughs> so he can't answer your questions i can't um, or you can write to the show and um, I'll I'll give you some, some details if you want to know what show it is or whatever. Uh, so I think it's time for this. This is U.S. News at 10 with your host, John Simmons. Had that a little low. Hello, I'm John Simmons. Here's our U.S. News top John story. John Simmons guy again. This week's top story. There have been recent reports of independent presidential candidate Reverend Scott having a disease commonly known as Beastman AIDS. Rumors began a few weeks ago after this message aired on the Outside the Cinema podcast. Scott, hi. This is Steve. Um, remember me, Panama, last year? That was fun. Um, but I just got back from the doctor. And um, I have beast mayonnaise. <laughs> I think it, I might have gotten it from you. I'm not sure. You might want to get tested. Just saying. Bye. What the hell are beast man aids? <laughs> I don't know. Controversy continued to flare up after last week's Are You Serious podcast played a segment from fellow fan and podcaster Ian from the God of War video game podcast, <laughs> Getting Right with Gaia. When God Reverend Scott Lord. was reached for comment, he responded by saying, Beastman AIDS? I'm not even sure what that is. But I know I don't have it. Although I do have the same affliction that plagued Natalie Portman in the movie uh, Black Swan. Academy Award-winning talent. <laughs> Next up, our expose on dating. And what to do if she wasn't quite as old as she looked. What is plausible deniability? And how can it work for you? But first, we have another message from Reverend Scott that will be played on the next episode of Are You Serious? But you're hearing it here first. <laughs> How meta. Hey there, Chris and Frank. It's Reverend Scott. First of all, guys, I want to make something clear. There's only one opinion in this world you can trust, and that's mine. 
<laughs> I'd like to thank Ian for backing me up last week about global warming. Brandon, all the links in last week's show notes took me to animal porn and viruses, so listeners would be best to avoid those. But it did seem like Ian did a lot of research into global warming nonetheless. Obviously more than the five minutes I did. I think it's obvious that Ian was glad to have me tell him all the facts, considering what he told us last week. Science is difficult to understand, and it has lots of shades of gray. That's what I'm here for, to steer you into the black and white. You're very welcome, Ian. I know Reverend Scott is uh, known for his pithy comments and his ample usage of sarcasm. Who, me? At any rate, maybe it is I who should be thanking Ian, first of all, for the great Bachman drinking game. I took a shot every time she said the word percent. Well, carbon dioxide is a natural part of Earth's atmosphere. But carbon dioxide is perhaps 3% okay, here we of go. the total shot. atmosphere that's in the Earth. So if you take a pie chart and you have all of Earth's atmosphere, carbon dioxide is perhaps 3% oh, another. of that total. What part of human activity creates carbon dioxide. If carbon dioxide is a ne- negligible gas and it's only 3% Boom, of the <laughs> atmosphere, what part is human activity? Human activity contributes perhaps 3% Oh my god. Of the 3%. Are you serious? In other words, human activity is maybe 3% Jesus Christ. To the 3% <laughs> Dear Lord of woman. carbon dioxide that's in Earth's atmosphere. It's so negligible it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Fuck. It can hardly be be quantified. Chris and Frank tend to give me a little praise on the show occasionally, but I don't think I've had 23 minutes of it on an episode before. Some might call that brown nosing. I just call it respect for me and... In case you missed Ian's segment last week, here's a short recap of what you missed. First he said, I'm going to launch into Reverend Scott's absolutely accurate approach to global warming. (laughs) And then he said, I wanted to go through each and every one of his arguments and explain why everything he said is true. And of course there was. So there you have it. The dear Reverend is a genius. Scott, I commend you. Well done. Man, what a swell guy. Chris, is there anything you'd like to say to Ian? You know, maybe oh, no. something to congratulate him on a job well done. Uh, young man, your hormones are raging. Let's go in this bedroom and we'll engage in some homosexual <laughs> acts. You'll find you like it. And I, you be careful with him. I think he's a vegetarian. Let the let the vegetarians do whatever they want. Yeah, to, right. It makes them nice and tender. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh, calm down, guys. If I want to choke a chicken, I'll choke a chicken or spank a monkey. You better not be talking about soup this time. I better I better wrap this up, uh, you know, before it turns into a big blowjob for me. No sucking a dude's cock in the middle of the of, of the sidewalk. Yeah, that is that is yeah that unfortunately is illegal. Anyway, peace and love, guys. <laughs> Violating statues. Yeah, because he's rock hard. You want some soup? <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I, I had soup earlier today. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Cream of what? <laughs> Me. <laughs> That's disgusting. Why? Really? You just. <laughs> I, I, you didn't have to say it with such zeal. <laughs> wow. You're going to do something. It's right? creamy and salty. <laughs> Damn. Makes a mighty fine necklace, too. Yes, it does. Penis. <laughs> Oh, uh, normally it's a tiny little clip of us saying something uh, gross. That's that was like a full minute. <laughs>
Oh, God. Well, um, knock yourself out. podcast at gmail.com. Send us your tidbits and stuff. <laughs> um, fuck, why can't I remember the phone? 206 338 3094. Next episode will be 140. My God. Yeah. We have way too much free time. And look at how we've wasted it. Seriously. All right, everybody, bye. Bye bye. Washington, the federal government open forbidden it. I repeat, the federal government open forbidden it. Now that may not seem like much, but on Friday night, very much in question. With 179 hours to go before a possible government shutdown. Less than 70 hours and counting. Just 48 hours. In about 36 hours. 31 hours. We're about 27 hours away. 26 hours away from Friday. Just 18 hours. 13 hours. 11 minutes. 21 seconds. Less than five hours. Three hours. Two hours from right now, your government is going to shut down. And there is nothing that can stop it now. It's a fait accompli. A train with brakes. No brakes. Speeding down the track, the train is filled with baking soda. It's going to crash into that vinegar truck. May the Lord have mercy on our... A GOP source tells NBC News a deal has been struck to avoid a shutdown. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Our government saved by mundane pragmatic agreement. <laughs> which should happen all the time, but doesn't. So the whole countdown clock thing was in vain, which is the subject of our special coverage of. I'm wondering, how do we get to this point with the, the shutdown? How did Congress get to a place where they were going to shut the entire federal government down due to a dispute over 0.19% of the budget, uh, a budget that should have been passed in the previous Democratic-controlled Congress? Why didn't they do that, by the way? We had a budget enforcement resolution. We passed that. That's a cap. Uh, the budgets beyond that are subject to the Appropriations Committee allocation. So we have a budget enforcement resolution. We passed it. And, and uh, we're going to follow that budget enforcement resolution. Oh, you didn't uh, do it then because you <laughs> So instead of passing a budget, you just made gibberish talk because that's the native uh, language of Saxylvania. <laughs> Population, you saw.
Democrats put off writing a budget because they were afraid that talking about spending might lose them the House of Representatives, a strategy that, as we all know, worked out very, oh, right. <laughs> so now that we have a budget agreement, one that trims $38.5 billion in discretionary spending from the 2011 budget, whilst getting us all the way to September, <laughs> the real question is, who came out ahead politically? No, no, that's... No, the real question uh, I, was, I was going to say was, uh, what does the bipartisan agreement say about the direction of our fiscal policy? Or... Who do you think are the winners and the losers? What? No, I don't... <laughs> well, do you mean in terms of the social safety net programs or those who had relied on this type of discretionary spending and have been used as pawns, those people? Who actually came out looking good in this process? A, Obama, B, Republicans, C, Democrats, or D, none of the above. Are we f***ing idiots? What? I don't understand this. <laughs> All right, clearly you've decided that an examination of fiscal policy is best done in multiple choice form. <laughs> You're the teacher. You've got the teacher's edition. Give me the answer, A, B, C, or D. Well, the Republican Party is the winner. The Democrats win by beating back that effort. Clearly, a winner is President Obama. The president is, is, is lost. No, look, the winner tonight is John Maynard. The American people lost. Everybody wins by avoiding losing. Now, of course, agreeing to a budget is different from passing it, and one of the keys will be how the rank-and-file vote on this new budget, particularly the new stars of government policymaking, Tea Party. It's the volume of their noise that has seemingly made it so difficult for everyone else to concentrate. So Tea Party champion Congressman Mike Pence, what do you say? I think John Boehner fought the good fight. I think he drove a hard bargain here. I, I, I want to see the details, but uh, from what I know, it, it sounds like John Boehner got a good deal. All right, so we're done here, people. We can all go home and rest assured that even though... This small budget dispute was blown up to hostage-like negotiation proportions because of the unusually large place at the table the Tea Party maintains. At least they're satisfied now. It sounds like John Boehner got a good deal. Probably not good enough for me to support it, but you a good deal nonetheless. What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's where we're at with the Tea Party? You can't even support good deals now? Well, it's a, it's a good deal, but some poor people remain oddly un... So, my constituents won't have it. We'll be right back. End of line.